0: So what do you fear? <clears throat> Rejection, disease, death, being alone. We all have certain fears that really try, or, or more than others, really try to influence our behavior. And to some degree or another, we're all afraid of losing control. Now, you may expect me to say now, if you follow Jesus, you have nothing to fear. But did you just hear the passage that Sam just read? They were following Jesus. And in following Jesus, they came to some very frightening things. I mean, there was a storm on the sea. There was these demon-possessed guys now, here's the paradox of faith, is that actually when you follow Jesus, if, as you're following him, you, he, you will follow him into situations that are extremely frightening. But the paradox is that if you're following Jesus, because he has authority over all things that we fear, we can follow him with confidence. And that's really what we're going to look at today, and that's what our scripture uh, shows. And we're in this series called A Story Bigger Than Your Own. We're going through the gospel of Matthew. And Matthew writes how Jesus comes and talks about the kingdom of God, the grand story, and he invites us into God's story that's bigger than our own. And that's wonderful because when we follow God, there's supernatural, there's so, the story is so much bigger, but the bigger the story, the scarier the story. Because now things are, I mean, in our, in our story, things are out of our control. Well, now when we follow God, then things get bigger and they're really out of our control. It's kind of like, you know, when I'm at my house, I can, not right now, but in the summer, like I can lay down and just sort of float around in my pool. There's nothing scary about that. That's on my property. But if I go and I float around on my back in the middle of the ocean, that's scary. But that's bigger. It's it's a... A story bigger than our own. And and likewise, when we follow Jesus, we'll be following him into things that are pretty scary. Again, just look at our reading. His disciples, they follow him to a raging storm. Demons. Imagine being one of Jesus' followers at that time. So we need to be ready to face some of our fears. But we can face those fears because we've seen the face of Jesus And we know that he has authority over all those things that would frighten us. So we can follow him into the unknown. We can follow him into scary situations because, again, we know he has authority over those things. And again, in our passage, what we see, our passage takes place where Jesus is doing a lot of travel by boat. He's around the Sea of Galilee. He's traveling to this place, to that place. And we see that he's about to get into the boat and two folks come up to him and they think they want to follow Jesus. So in verse uh, 19, it says, a scribe came up to him and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. So the first person, the scribe, he seems like he's really eager to follow Jesus. The other guy seems under eager. But this guy, he's really eager to follow Jesus. But Jesus wants to make sure he understands. Listen, if you follow me, you're going to face uncertainty. And so if you're you're afraid of uncertainty, are you sure you want to follow me? Because the scribe, he saw Jesus do amazing things. Heal people and and all sorts of amazing supernatural things. And so he's like, yeah, I want to take part in that. But Jesus, he discerns, all right, he doesn't quite understand that following Jesus, it's not just blessings, there's hardships too. So yes, when you step into Jesus' bigger story, there's going to be the supernatural happening. There's going to be God-sized blessings happening. But... There's also going to be hardships and sacrifice. Jesus has no private jet that he goes around. He has no luxury accommodations. Sometimes he doesn't even know if he's going to have a bed to lay on. To lie on, excuse me. So he wants this guy to know if, if you're afraid of uncertainty... Well, when you follow me, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty because I don't even know if I'm certain I have a place to stay tonight. Are you okay with that? And this other fellow, the second disciple, he's kind of under eager. He's afraid that he's not going to get certain things done, important things like burying his father. You may say, well, doesn't God, you're supposed to honor your parents? Yes, but understand at this time, Jesus, he's on, he has his earthly ministry, is only three and a half years tops. A lot of times in that culture, the burying process was over a month long. And so he can't wait for this guy. But he says, you know, follow me. That there's many times in life where there's things we think we need to take care of first when we're afraid if we don't get these things done that somehow God can't take care of them. Like, oh, um, you know, I want to follow God, but I need to get married first. So, you know, I'm going to do dating and all of that stuff just like the world does because I really don't trust God. So, no, I'm going to, I'll follow God and get serious about following Jesus after I'm married or I'll get serious about following Jesus after I have a career established. But Jesus, he's calling that his agenda is bigger than our own. And it's not just unicorns and rainbows, but that there's hardship, there's sacrifice involved. Yeah. But yet, it's worth it. It's worth it. As this next section shows, Jesus, he has power and authority over all of the things that we're afraid of. So it's worth following him. This next section, so the followers, those two people come and they say they want to follow Jesus. He gets in the boat. But now Jesus is saying, uh, now he's going to go into these places that are frightening. And it shows that he has a power and authority over the things that most people of the time and even today would be afraid of. Things that they would associate with the devil's domain. Things like the chaos of the seas or demons or disease. All these things that people fear, that they say the devil has control of. No, Jesus has authority over those things. And that if we're with Jesus, if we're following him, then we don't have to fear, even if we're going into fearful situations. So look at that first thing in in, uh, first episode here in Matthew 8, 23. So Jesus, he gets into the boat and his disciples follow him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But Jesus was asleep. And they went and they woke him saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid? O you of little faith. Then he rose and he rebuked the winds in the sea and there was a great calm. And the men marveled saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds in the sea obey him? So here we see that when you're near Jesus, it should cast out fear in our lives if we truly trust who he is because he has authority over all things, including those things that should frighten us, like natural disasters, those are frightening. If you're on, on the sea in a boat, yeah, that's scared. You, you might drown. That's scary. And, and, and earthquakes and all of these things, they're scary because they are so far out of our control. If you've ever been on a lake or the sea when there's a storm, you know, not, I can't control this. But all the things that are out of our control are not out of his control. And his disciples, they didn't quite grasp that or they at least didn't grasp the fact that if they were with Jesus, they were right where they needed to be. They didn't need to fear because this person who they were following even has authority over the seas and the storms. So they need not fear. Fear. And Jesus shows them that this truth by he he stands up and with a word he rebukes the storms and the storms cease. And then the great calm that comes over the sea, it makes quite a contrast to to the frenzied fear of the disciples. And the implication is: all right, if the wind and the sea obey him, well, maybe we should too. (laughs) Like if he has authority over those things that we have no control over. And they follow his voice. I think it's safe for us to follow his voice as well. And if you are following him, you can walk into the storms. And that's, what the, that's the message the disciples needed to learn. Now, before we go further, you know, this doesn't mean that if you follow Jesus, nothing bad will ever happen to you. Because remember, Jesus was crucified, <laughs> All of his disciples, except for John, were martyred. They were killed. But what this means is that if you are following Jesus, Jesus will ultimately bring you to your heavenly home, your place that you were created to be, and that's with God. That's why he says, you know, you will, um, in John three sixteen that verse that we all love, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And that same word, perish, is used here. When the disciples see the, the storm, they're like, Lord, we're going to perish. But when we are with Jesus, we will not perish. And the worst thing that could happen to us is physical death, which just transfers us into the presence of God. Jesus says elsewhere, he says, yeah, don't, don't fear the one who can just kill the body. Rather, fear the one who has control over your soul, meaning we fear God above all else because we know ultimately life in 80, 80 years, and then it's just so short. Eternity is forever, and Jesus has our eternity in his hands. So it's not that we would will never die. No, um, we will die and go to be with Jesus unless Jesus comes back first, but rather that all of the days of our lives, all of the eternity is in God's hands so that we don't have to fear. It's not that nothing bad will ever happen, but that if we're following Jesus, then we're right where we need to be because he has authority over all things. So we should not let fear rule our lives, even in the storms, because Jesus is bigger than even the largest disaster. And this is so important because many things will try to influence you with using fear. We live in a society now where the media, they try to get you to feel two things anger or fear. Why? Because that's what influences us. If they can get us scared or angry, then that really affects our behavior. It causes us to click because, oh, I'm scared about this or I'm angry about this, so I'm going to really pay attention. Now, this would be the time where I'd go and I would offend people on the right and then I'd go and offend people on the left, but I don't have enough time to offend all those people. But just know that that's 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 what our world tries to do. They try to get us to be afraid. But when we follow Jesus, we don't allow fear to dictate our decisions. Our faith does that. And we follow Jesus no matter where he's going. And we block out that noise of the things that's trying to affect us uh, and affect our behavior through fear. And not letting fear run our lives is also crucial because... Not only will, as we live, some scary things happen, like storms pop up and all of that, but when we follow Jesus, he actually may call us to follow him into a situation that's scary. This is what happens in our next, in the next episode here in Matthew eight twenty-eight. He's going to call us to, to go to places that are out of our control, way beyond our own abilities, Because look at verse 28. It says, when Jesus came to the other side of the lake, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him coming out of the tombs so fierce that no one would go that way. Nope, nope, nope. I'm noping out of there. I mean, are you serious? These two guys, they are demon-possessed. The other Gospels tell us they are so fierce, they're so crazed with demons that chains won't even bind them. So most of us would nope out of there. Wait, wait, Jesus, we're going to a graveyard? That's a little bit bizarre, but it's nice scenery. And then these two guys come out. No one can hold them. I mean, that is scary stuff. I mean, you've, you've probably watched horror movies and stuff. Well, that, th- this makes that look like child's play. And yet, here's Jesus' followers. Jesus is strolling up. And his followers, I am sure, if I was there, I'd be scared. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? But the demons, they cry out, verse 29, what have you to do with us, O son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? So here the demons recognize Jesus' authority. They know who he is, but they they say, okay, this is the son of God and he has authority. And we know, we've been told that at the end of time, he is going to have the authority to rule and he is going to cast us into hell because he has that authority. But they say, but it's not the end of time. So are you come to torment us before the time? What are you going to do? It's, it's not the time where you cast us into hell. See, they recognize his authority. In Jesus, verse 30, it says there's a... So he grants the request because there's a herd of pigs that's, that's grazing on the hillside. And the demons beg Jesus, if you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And Jesus says to them, go. So they went out and they went into the pigs and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled. They were scared. And going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet him. And when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. See the reactions there. The first reaction is the herdsmen, they run away, they're scared, and again, you can't blame them. Have you ever heard a pig scream? That's one of the most scary things that you can hear. Now imagine a whole herd of pigs screaming their heads off, running into the water and getting drowned. So, So no wonder the herdsmen were scared. And then they go in and they tell the city what had happened. Now the city knows, wait a minute, Okay, that thing with the pigs, that's crazy. But you're telling me that, they, that the demon-possessed men, that this guy Jesus, he cast the demons out of them and they went into the pigs. And they're like, we don't even go up there. Everyone knows you don't go up to that, that tomb, that graveyard, because those crazy demon-possessed guys are there and they'll put the beat down on you. But notice their reaction. They don't say, Wow, Jesus has cast those demons out that we're so afraid of. So let's go follow him. They go to Jesus and they beg him to leave. You see, when we truly understand who Jesus is, his authority, we can't be lukewarm. We either run to Jesus because he has all authority over all things, or we run from him because he has authority over all things. That's why when you really understand who Jesus is, you can't be lukewarm. Now, this last part, we have fear. Fear of God sets us free from all other fears. That, so Jesus, he gets in the boat again because they ask him to leave. So he leaves, he gets in a boat, he goes and crosses the, the uh, Sea of Galilee again. In verse 2, instead of people asking Jesus to leave, now we've got a group of people who are running to Jesus because they understand his authority. Verse 2, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, "'Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven.'" Now take heart, that, um, it's a different word than don't fear, but it's the same, it's, it's more like take courage. It can be translated, don't fear. Your sins are forgiven. See, Jesus has authority to forgive and to free people from the bondage of sin and disease, things that we live in fear over. Verse three, it says, some, then some scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He says to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and he went home. Now, last week, we started talking about authority and Jesus' authority. Jesus has a comprehensive kingdom authority. So he can forgive sins just as easily as he can heal. And here he's doing both. But to prove his authority for making the easier claim, he performs the harder task. what I mean by easier claim is that it's easy to say your sins are forgiven, but it's hard to verify, because you'd have to ask God, God, did he really forgive his sins? But he does the harder task, meaning, well, it's harder to actually heal someone, but that's easy to verify. Hey, he's walking now. But Jesus, he does both to prove his authority over both things. And then verse 8, that final verse, when the crowd saw it, they were afraid. Same word, fear. And they glorified God who had given such authority to men. Again, we see different reactions here. One reaction by the scribes is they don't believe in Jesus' authority, so they accuse him of blasphemy. Because yes, only God has authority to forgive sins. But then we see the second reaction is the crowds. They were afraid but they weren't afraid and ask him to leave like the other crowd did with the demons. No, they glorify God. They glorify God that he is working his kingdom authority through Jesus. Now, they don't ask him to leave, but most of them haven't become committed followers yet either. So we go back to the beginning of our passage because as Jesus, as the crowd was following Jesus, Jesus was about to get into the boat and two people came to him and said, hey, Jesus, we want to follow you. And Jesus says, All right, do you really want to follow me? Or do you want to be a spectator? Because up until that point, people had been just spectators. These two had been spectating and they, they saw Jesus did amazing things. And they say, I think I want to be a part of that. But Jesus is letting them know All right, if you're going to follow me, you will face some things that will frighten you. But if you have faith in me and have faith in who I am and my authority, then you need not fear those things. Just follow me. And that same question is for us as well. It's for the crowd there as they saw amazing things, frightening things, but it's for us as well. Will we passively follow Jesus because we want to see some good things? We want to feel God's presence or will we make it a priority to follow Jesus even into the fearful unknown of God's bigger story. Because we need not fear even though we follow him into places that would frighten us. So what do you fear? I began asking that question. What do you fear? I think I have a picture up there of a guy in a cave or something. Because that. kind of describes some of the things we fear, right? Being alone, being in the dark, being claustrophobic, all that stuff. But, you know, maybe you fear loss of control, failure, rejection. Again, that fear is trying to influence your behavior. It's trying to influence your choices. And the question every Christian faces is, am I going to follow my fears or am I going to follow Jesus? Now, what does that look like? Let me get specific with a few minutes. Because we might say, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus. not going to follow fears. Well, how does fear influence us? So it depends on the particular fear. We'll start with my biggest fear, and that's the fear of failure. So a lot of you know I'm not afraid too much. Like I go all over the world, and it's fine. I go into dangerous places, and I like it. Um, But one of my fears is Failure. And so what does failure influence us to do? It can influence us to do one of two reactions. One is we are afraid of failure, so we won't even try something because we're afraid we'll fail at it, right? So I'm afraid of failure, but if I don't try anything out of my own ability, then I can't fail. That's some people's reaction to that, right? Or, and this is where I tend to, you work yourself to exhaustion to prevent failure, right? That I don't want to fail, so I need to work and work and work so that I won't fail. You see how fear can influence us more than faith. But when we follow God, we understand, wait, God has authority over what's a success and what's a failure. God is the authority, so I can even step into a task that I know is impossible without God, because true success is following Jesus, is allowing his authority to dictate where I go. So if you're the type of person who doesn't try anything unless you know you can succeed, instead give that fear to God and allow him and say, God, I'm going to step into this area. Because, and it's impossible unless you show up. That's following Jesus into your fears. Or if you're more of a workaholic type person, then you can say, you know what? I can rest today. I don't have to work on Sunday. I don't have to, you know, uh, do this. I can take a rest because ultimately it's God who's in control. He has authority over my life. He wants me to rest and to focus and worship him so I can take a break. You see how faith and fear, how they can do battle in our heads. Will we give that fear of failure to God and put that under his authority today. Or maybe you have a fear of uncertainty or a fear of rejection. Fear of rejection where you, you know God wants you to tell people about Jesus. You know you want, he, uh, he wants you to share the, how he's changed your life. But you know when you tell people about Jesus nowadays, they look at you funny And if you have fear of rejection, then you may not step into that. Give your fears to God. Or you may have a fear of uncertainty, where you'll do those things that make you feel secure. So financially or whatever, you'll only try things that you're confident of the results in, where you can predict, okay, I'm certain if I do this, then there's a really high probability that will happen, because you fear uncertainty. No, with Jesus, we can risk being unsafe. We can risk the uncertainty if we're following him. Are we going to allow fear or our faith to compel us? What's going to influence our behavior? I, I want to give a little warning here. Because I've also seen, see, one of the hard things is that we Christians, well, anybody, any religious person can use faith to really um, extend their own purposes and not, not God's. What I mean is sometimes we'll claim this no fear thing, really, to pursue our own agenda. So like if we go to Six Flags or something and Wendy, she doesn't like the roller coasters. And I'm like, hey, Wendy, no fear. Come on this Superman ride with me. No fear. No <laughs> Jesus isn't telling her to go on a Superman ride, right? And so we can do that. We can use, we have, some of us are thrill seekers. And and it's not like, oh, I'm going to do this because Jesus, you know what that is? That's tempting God. I remember when Jesus, uh, the temptations, we were, uh, not the group, but the, uh, the, 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 <laughs> The temptations of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, we've already been in that section. Remember, the devil brought Jesus onto the pinnacle of the temple, and he says, hey, Jesus, throw yourself down from this temple, because the scripture says he will give his angels charge over you so that you won't even dash your, your foot on a stone. And Jesus says, no, don't tempt God. So when we do things, not because we're following Jesus, but because we really want to, and we're like, okay, God, you're along for the ride, that's not following Jesus, that's trying to get Jesus to follow us. And so um, don't use this idea of no fear to be like, all right, I can do whatever I want, and God's tagging along, and he'll bless me. No, this means when Jesus tells you to go somewhere, you can go into that place without fear. But we're so, the human heart is so deceitful that we can very easily twist that to really be getting Jesus to do whatever we want and claiming, well, I'm not going to fear because God is with me. No, we don't have to fear if we're following Jesus. But don't get Jesus to rubber stamp your thrill-seeking or whatever it is that you're trying to do. But it still comes down to this. Will we passively follow Jesus be a spectator or will we step into those things he's calling us to even though we're, he's asking us to go to the fearful unknown because we don't need to fear even though we'll follow him into places that make us afraid so what are you afraid of today what in your life maybe it's a new season in your life maybe there's a where you you have a fear you, you can't help how you feel but it's not meant for you to hide it from God. God sees it already. The thing about Christian maturity is that it's not that we never fear, but it's rather we go and we recognize our fears, but we fear God more and we lift up those things that fear, fear, uh, cause us fear and ask God to overcome that. We place the things we fear under his authority and then God grows us so that we follow him even into the place where there's like demons and stuff because we trust him more than we trust ourselves. We fear him and regard him more than we fear or regard anything else. And it's a process in life so that as we grow, we start to step in to those things that fear us, fearfully saying to God, all right, God, I am scared, but I'm going anyways because I feel this is where you're telling me to go. I fear, Lord, that uh, I'm gonna fail. But I feel that you're telling me to do this, so I'm doing this anyways. So during this time of prayer, um, you can come forward and pray with me and pray in the back. If there is a fear that you have and you want someone to pray with you and to lift that up to God with you, um, I encourage you to pray. Um, and we have these prayer teams. It's not because these are the only people who can pray, but it's rather, it's to facilitate prayer. We want people to be praying for one another all over the place, in the, in the um, um, coffee hour, before church, after church. No, anyone can pray with anyone, but we have these prayer teams developed so that there's this, steady, there's this steady team of people when you need prayer for something, when you want someone to step towards God with you, you know that you can go to these folks. And so if you have a fear or something that you want to commit to God's authority, let's pray for you. Dear Lord, we do put this time into your hands. And Lord, we confess there are many things that we fear, many things that try to influence us. And so Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray you'd move about this sanctuary. You would work in our hearts, in our lives. Call us to yourself. May we lift up these things that we fear to you. Lord, as you call us, as you call us to follow you into places that are scary, we do it because we trust in your authority. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.